When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the um, Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest from my alma mater, um, Coach Alan Rudolph. Uh, he is the offensive line coach at the best university in the state of Ohio, the home of the yes. Bobcats, Ohio University. Coach, how are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm appreciative, Coach. This is an awesome format. Well, like, and I, and I mean it, it's, it, and we talked a little bit before we came on, like, I love my alma mater. Like, I, the campus is beautiful, they have great regional campuses, because that's where I did some of my classes as well, food's good, and, and we talked about how great the education is there. Um, like I said, I truly, it, it, and I, I think Coach Solich just said it once before, if you can get somebody down to Athens, they won't want to leave. I think that's, yes. wouldn't you agree with that, Coach? Uh, no doubt, and then, then if you can get their mother on campus... <laughs> they're really sold and then if they come around on mom's weekend then Ooh. hey that, that's a slam dunk that's that's a whole that's that's a whole nother major event right oh, there that's that's a whole, a, that's, but um, it is and and you know the great part that you always talk about the beauty of the campus you know we have been so coach solich has been so successful here um and has been here 16 going on his 17th year uh the staff has been here uh for for a most of the guys for a long time. So that's a pretty neat dynamic uh, that you don't find every day. But, uh, uh, you know, the amazing thing uh, about Athens and Ohio U, the people are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the town people, um, I think they have a true appreciation of how important the university is to Athens, Ohio. And I think the university has a true appreciation for how important Athens, Ohio is to the university, you know, and it, it, it's pretty neat. And the people here are just unbelievable. I, I agree. And that, I'll say the same thing about the professors too. Like, yes. I mean, I had, I had some of the best professors that could just, and we would talk outside class and it was just always a great experience. Like, again, I, I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into, I love Ohio podcast, but like I, I could, yeah, I talk about it all the time. So I, I'm just appreciative coach. First thing I want to hit on before we, cause we're going to talk past pro today. Um, as I told Coach, it's something I want to learn a little bit more about. A um, couple things real quick. Uh, Coach has a, a Coach Tube series I want to plug real quick for him. Um, it'll, link will be in the bio if you want to look at some stuff on Pass Pro, Inside Zone, um, uh, Dry Blocking. Am I missing anything? Yeah, did, did a, released another one today, actually, that kind of, and I kind of called it Transcendent O-Line Play. Okay. kind of transcends. I tried to do it. Uh, Base fundamentals, I think, you know, hey, base reach, um, drive block reach, cut off, um, double team, um, base pass set, um, and then teaching a stance, both a two-point and a three-point stance, and then just some fundamentals that I think transcend all age levels, all skill levels, and really all offenses. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, you know, we, we run the inside zone here. 
we get off the bus and we're going to be an inside zone football team and and we're going to be a man slide protection team and that's you know that's who we are but um you know i think there's so many things fundamentally um that that can transcend um so many different things and i wanted to kind of i wanted to kind of spread that out and be able to touch uh you know a, a pop warner football coach or a middle school football coach that that i could try to get good quality content um for them to help develop their players and then also you know maybe have a wing t guy that was interested in looking at looking at some of the stuff so that that kind of went out today but uh, um you know I'm, I'm having a blast with it and the neat thing is coach like i wouldn't be talking to you right now probably because I made contact with a coach in the Cincinnati area. He reached out to you via Twitter. Coach, I'm I'm talking back and forth with coaches all over the yeah. country. Um and it and it's been a positive I think for Ohio University, but uh, but I think it's been a positive because of the relationships that you're being able to build with high school coaches, college coaches, junior high coaches all over the country. And man, there's so many smart football coaches everywhere you go you start being able to exchange ideas, and I've learned a ton from it. I agree 100%. And as horrible as COVID's been, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that, I think yes. one of the dark, bright spots, however you want to word it, is at least in the coaching community is us being able to, I think, all in really agreeing, agreeing to work together. And, I mean, everybody's got clinics. Coach Tube has provided a resource for everybody, YouTube, various podcasts uh grand and daddy has his whole series that he puts on google drop like chief pigskin uh king simps like everybody's got stuff that and they're sharing their content either at a reasonable price or at for free and i think it's a great thing for our community it allows us to build relationships that we wouldn't have had otherwise um and, and one of the things I, i'd love to mention is I know the coach too, but I'm not going to sit on here. Uh, to me, this isn't a this isn't a thing. I, and I appreciate you you talking about that. But if you go to my Twitter under the media uh, icon or whatever, where you click on and you can see everything that I've tweeted, um, I try to put out three, four things a week okay. that are just free content uh, that are little things that hey, I think are interesting and a couple of coaching points about each one and some, you know, 15 or 20 second video uh, to try to illustrate a point, um, whether it be run, whether it be pass, whether it be, you know, play action, wh whatever it be. But they coaches can go on my Twitter page and and be able to access some free content. Um, and that's really what I'm interested in doing is getting getting content out to coaches that uh, most of the time, hopefully you, you, you verify that I'm an idiot or, uh, that, that what you're doing is, is, uh, the right way to be doing yeah. things and maybe pick up a thing or two here or there that help you tweak and develop your kids. And Hey, and that what we're all in it for, or what we're supposed to be in it for is to help our young men, yeah. um, uh, develop and, and be better men and, and better football players. So. Well, I, well, one, I don't think anybody's going to think you're an idiot. You have 20 years of pretty successful coaching experience. Let's, well, let's, I appreciate yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, and I don't have to say that just because you're at Ohio or because you've been there for 20 years. I mean, you look at your resume, you've been at some good schools, and you've had some success. I mean, just prior to Ohio, you were at Arkansas State. And, you, and I mean, I, if I read it right, you were like a top 20 offense in the country. Passing game was very efficient. 
Um, but I want to talk to you real quick about your time in Canada uh, okay. before we get to the pass pro. Um, yes. Because you spent several you, – you left – I mean, you've coached college most of your career, but you left for a little bit to go to Canada. And, I, and I'm kind of, and I think I saw somewhere in an interview you mentioned that you were kind of getting stale or um, – I, I forget the terminology you used. But um, what was it like going to Canada, and what did you kind of take away that you brought back to college with you? Well, we could talk – we could talk a long time on that, on that, but you know, for, first thing, um, I, it's been one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me, you know, and I think God puts us in places and there was no doubt that was his plan for me. And it happened at the perfect time in my life. Um, uh, I've got an unbelievable friend that I worked with, um, you know, earlier in, in, in our career, we had been at two different spots together. Um, he's an offense coordinator and, uh, he, he went up as a, as a coordinator to Canada and said, Hey, you know, won't you move up? And it, it just, it hit at the perfect time. Um, you know, the chance, the opportunity to go coach, co- um, excuse me, professional football, uh, which is not, which is something I'd never really had an opportunity to do. Um, you know, it was just an opportunity that, that, uh, my wife and I felt like through prayer that we couldn't, we couldn't pass up on. Um, but, you know, it was unbelievable, and 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 the game is so dynamic. Um, it, it it is football, um, but but there's so many differences in the game. It 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 made me think outside of the box. It made me stretch. It made me grow. Um, you know, there's a ton of pressure in pro football, and I can imagine what pro coaches, what NFL coaches go through. Um, we were in the CFL, and to be quite honest with you, we were pretty good. We went to the Grey Cup two of the two of the three years I was up there, which is the Canadian Super Bowl. And the third year, we lost uh, we lost an unbelievable football game in the in the, basically the 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 semifinal to go to the to go to the Grey Cup again. So we had a pretty good run while I was up there, but the pressure of the job is is so unbelievable. I think one of the biggest takes. Um, is learning how to be productive with pressure and learning how really not to feel that pressure and learning how to be so hyper-focused on developing your guys and, and preparing uh, for the next week that you don't, you don't hear the noise. Um, early on in my career up there, I heard all the noise. You know, uh, <laughs> We went and the O-line coach was great and we lose – you know, the, the offense coordinator stinks and the, and the, uh, the old line coach, you know, they the guys can't, they can't block anybody, um, you know, and we need to run Rudolph out of town. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I heard all that, but it, it was a, a, such a huge growth for me, uh, maturity wise, learning to deal with that, learning to block it out and learning to focus on the job that, that I had and not really worrying about and truly being confident in the job I was doing. So it really didn't matter what other people were saying because the pressure in pro football, you can cut it with a knife. You can feel it is a, it is a production based business. And you know, um, it's not, Hey, did your guys, are you guys doing well in the classroom? They don't ask that question. <laughs> you know, you don't get bonus points because, because uh, you, you recruit. Well, that's not part of the job. Your guys on game day is, is, so anyway, that was a huge area of growth. And then just the game, I had to build processes, um, you know, pre-snap processes that I've, uh, because of the dynamic movement, because of the motion, 
you know, and everybody talks about, uh, you know, the, the motion is such an advantage for the offense up there. And I agree it is, but the defense does not have to show their hand until the receivers get to the line of scrimmage. They know when the ball is going to be snapped. So you see so much disguise defensively and so much chaos. I think you can probably see that right yeah. behind me or chaos right behind me. You see so much chaos that uh, I had to get out of my comfort level and out of my box and, and develop pre-snap processes to be able to teach our centers how to identify things, to be able to teach our tackles um, how to identify things, and then also to teach players how to deal with the pressure as well. Um, because, uh, you know, there were – there were several good players that I had up there that, that because of the pressure of feeding their family, um, they didn't have a freedom and therefore they, their production was very low because they tightened up because they didn't have a freedom and, and working through and teaching guys to, to build a process to uh, be successful, not only play in and play out, uh, to block out the noise, uh, not only game in and game out, but also during training camp when they're competing for their job, for their livelihood, for their ability to feed their their wife and, and their children. Um, that was something I'd never been exposed to. And I was able to bring all of that stuff down um, and I think, you know, truly prepare the guys that I get an opportunity to work with down here at a, at a completely different level than what I was doing before. Okay. Now, now I kind of want to – now, next, let's move on to pass pro. You mentioned you guys were a man-slide pass pro team. Before we get into the actual scheme a bit, why yeah. man-slide pass pro? Uh, you know, I, I think um, it all goes back, I think, to Coach Walsh, you know, old two and three jet protection. Um, and when I first learned it, um, heck, probably, um, you know, late nineties, late maybe when we started transitioning, I'm trying to think my years start running together. <laughs> I think 95, we were still running option. And then we started transitioning into zone and, and pass protection, more of what you're seeing in, in the game today in 96. 1996 and uh, had an opportunity to go visit some places. And that was back in the, Hey, we're, here's the line and the O line has this side of the line and we're going to slide it that way. And we're going to make it a, a gap protection. And then it's man on this side and the back has second level defenders and third level defenders on this side of the line, you know, and any two from one side, you had built in hots, you know, because it took two, so you'd see the quarterback walk up the line of scrimmage, and he would he would identify those two to a receiver. You know, um, then all the the all the overload zone blitz stuff. Now, where you were getting four from one side and droppers on the other, and and three deep zone coverage and two deep zone coverage uh, with overload pressures. You know, then we had to start, you know, start scanning the back and being able to get four to a side on the offensive side, not just three to a side. But um, <clears throat> the reason for us, man slide, I think you can get caught if you're 
if you're four down and true, just four down and mic protection with the O-line, um, then, you know, saw Sam and Will, not, now you're hot off of it. Okay. So this gave us a chance to, cause that was kind of the first, the first one that I remember there wasn't two from a side, um, from the second level, there was one from each side. It may have been the Mike and the will, or it may have been the Sam and the will, but it was, it was one from each side. It was a lot of man coverage with it when there was blitz early in my career. So the, the slide became so we could handle one from this side and the back could handle one from this side. Then the overload stuff. So now you get into man slide, but now you're back scanning, uh, which is, which is where we are, which is where we are now, you know? And so you asked that question, why I, I think early on in the onset, because it handled the pressures that, that were being presented to us offensively. And then it has just evolved as defenses and pressures have evolved uh, to the ability to handle four from a side, um, whether it be odd or whether it be even fronts. Um, you know, so that's kind of that's kind of why. Um, you know, and I think you have a, a you have an ability in the slide to buy to buy a to buy a guy. Um, you know, which is kind of some upper level. Uh, you know, teaching and thought process. Uh, you have a, um, you know, back in the day uh, when noses were dumping across hard, um, so your slide was left, and now the nose is dumping across hard. Then you could buy that guard that was actually responsible for that nose back to the man side. This, that, and the other. So, you know, I think there's some things, some answers um, for for what people are doing that make the man slide to me, the best protection to handle the most of what is done. Okay. Now, in, in like I said, we, we've talked a little bit before this, you could spend eight, eight hours just talking one side of the side or the other, which is, which is great. Like, I mean, yes. I mean, you talked like when, when coaches can do that, it tells you they, they know their craft. Um, but can you give us at least an, an, an overview of both, how you teach technique to both sides like that's before we get into actually the actual protection and i know you got some film that you can kind of show of six seven yep. eight mans and how you handle so that um how do you well let me start this way when you're installing this protection what does that look like in the o-line meeting room before you even head out to the field and start teaching the technique uh the first thing is I think there are two distinct, there's two distinct sides, um, the man side and how we set the man side versus the slide side and how we set the slide side. Um, you know, I think two things in pass protection that I think are musts. Number one, you know where the quarterback is. That sounds simple, <laughs> but I think to know where the quarterback is for your offensive line is vitally important. And not only where he is in relation to um, uh, his setup point, not only depth wise, but also, you know, are you moving him a little bit off midline uh, one way or the other? It, vitally important. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked with guys before that, Hey, we took a, uh, you know, we took a small five out of the gun 
Well, that spot is about nine and a half yards if you take a small five because you're trying to throw a deeper combination, uh, a, a, a route concept, um, you know. But for that tackle, that nine and a half yard spot versus a seven and a half yard spot, which traditionally is is basically a three step out of the gun, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that seven and a half yard spot, that two yards is hugely different and how you teach the fit of the sets um so i say that number one where's the quarterback and number two where's your help um on the man side you don't have any help so we've got to be very smart and understand hey is this a twist look because now we're going to try to set um, you know, a little bit differently on the man side when we really think I've got a I've got a twist look on the slide side, we can be a little bit more aggressive in our thought processes because um, I've got three guys to handle twist and that type of stuff over there. So, um, you know, just <clears throat> how how we handle things on the man side versus the slide side because you've got the extra hat and you've got help. Um, so we teach it so that the uncovered guy to the slide side, whoever that is, and when I say uncovered, let me let me retract that statement. The open gap. So on the slide side, if I'm the guard and we're we're in a we're seeing a base four down front and it's an over front and I have a a gap defender to my side, the slide side. So I've got an empty B gap. That alignment is responsible for B gap to backer. Okay. Because we're going to ID a backer, right? And really, technically, we're responsible for two backers, but we're only going to have eyes on one. And then our tackle is going to tell us, based off a secondary contour, if we need to get our eyes out to the widest guy or if we can keep our eyes on the on the guy that on the guy that's in the box. Because our back, remember, we talked, is now scanning back across if he doesn't have anything happening on his side of the man protection. Okay. So all that being said, the the offensive lineman, whether it's the center or the guard, that does not have a defender in the gap that he is responsible for, we're going to set him a little bit more vertical. And he's going to create some body presence back into the A-gap if it's the guard or the center back into the backside A-gap and try to create somewhat of a moving double team on the nose with eyes on my backer, but the depth of my set puts me in position to handle movement by the five technique in the B-gap. So knowing where my help is, knowing when I have help uh, is is vitally important in protection. So those two things, where's the quarterback and where's my help are things that I think are hugely important um, in protection. Um, and then as we start teaching um, manslide protection, like we talked about, they're different. But on the slide side, the first thing that I believe is that it is – it is gap responsible until my eyes tell me that it's no longer gap responsible. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to take 
the gap responsibility and turn it into man responsibility based on where my eyes are. And I think that is the magic in truly teaching it and truly teaching it the, the right way. Because just very simply, let's say we're sliding to a wheel backer who's a backside backer, basically aligned in a, in a 30 alignment on the guard, uh, NB gap um, at, at normal linebacker depth. And I'm, I'm the left guard, we're sliding left, and I've got an A-gap nose, okay? <clears throat> the biggest danger to gap slide protection is backflow pressure or long stick all the way down into A-gap. Well, Coach, I'm B-gap responsible. Yes, you are until movement crosses your face. And now that movement we have to build processes that everybody treats it as a man protection when movement happens, movement that crosses face. So when we start teaching it, I start from here's how the help guy sets, because I think that is the most important thing. Here's where our eyes are. And then here are the things that are protection busters that we have to be able to handle and we have to be able to handle those with our eyes. And now that tackle now has to know that the protection is no longer gap because that biker went back door. So you can't overset the protection saying, man, I've got inside help because you're not guaranteed inside help. Yeah. You know, so you start teaching all, Hey, uh, feeling and understanding, um, um, man movement versus scheme movement from the defense. You know, that tackle is C-gap responsible unless that defensive end is making a man move into B-gap trying to beat him in protection. Then his guard may not be there because that happened after several steps into the, into the protection. So understanding and feeling man versus scheme movement um, you know, is it, so, like I said, I can talk eight hours on it, but those, <laughs> those are the huge parts of the slide side. Yeah. Um, that, and then, and that's where we start. Okay. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's great. That's, I mean, that's one of the most detailed answers I've gotten in, in almost a, a year doing this coach. So that was fantastic. Um, um, I, I, I hope it was, I hope it wasn't, I hope it wasn't over the top. No, 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 it's perfect. No. It, and it gave okay. me a question is, is, is movement how most people try to attack you at this point? We see so much movement to try to stop our run game. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we see so much movement to try to stop our, our zone football game, our, our zone run game. Um, and then we see, we see either blitz movement, blitz that causes defensive front movement or twist movement to try to get pressure on the quarterback. Okay. And, um, it, 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 you know, we, we say in the, we say all the time, if they're blitzing, they're moving, or if they're not blitzing, they're moving, we're seeing, we're seeing movement. Ah, is it, is it 70% of the time? No, it's not. Um, and we've been, we've been knock on wood, you know, pretty good, especially in the zone run game and, and handling movement and creating explosives versus movement that, um, you know, sometimes that deters that. And, you know, a Coach Solich offense is going to always have 
an option component to it. A Tim Alvin offense is always going to have an option component to it. So that's going to, that's going to deter some things at, at times, um, you know, that, that other people may see that, that sometimes I don't think we get as much of because of that. But one of the things we do get is front movement quite a bit. Now, I mean, in, um, you can, cause I know you mentioned you have drill film too. You can show that if you want right here. Um, but um, how do you, from a drill perspective, what is your focus for developing pass protection? What, what, I mean, what, what does that process look like? And, okay, we're going to go on the field now. We've talked about this in the meeting room. We've shown clips. We've broken it down. What does the on-the-field aspect look like during practice? I think, I think, number one, you build it from ground up. You build the pass set from ground up. Um, it, 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 so that's where we start on the field. Um, you know, we start every day with, with, and I can show it to you with line sets and, and, um, you know, I'm the defender and we've got, we've got all left side guys, whether it's left guards or left tackles on a line. And I am a one technique or an inside technique and they're taking a one set to me. I'm a head up defender. So now they're taking a, we call it a, a piece set, a small post set. Um, with their with their post foot and not moving their kick foot, um, then I line in a three technique and they're kicking to the spot. And then I line as a Y or, or a, a three alignment. We call it a three set or a loose three. We're now hey, we're starting to get in the tackle world or the guard world where you're seeing four eyes and you're setting the four eyes, um, and that's where we begin. And I truly believe. Um, that you lead the set with your ankle. You lead the pass set with your ankle. If you don't lead the pass set with your ankle, you're gonna lead it with your knee. And if you lead it with your knee, your hips are gonna open too early and your shoulders are gonna open too early. So the big picture of pass protection to me is learning and teaching guys from ground up how to stay square as long as you possibly can. Um, I think the minute you open, you create both an ability for a defender to beat you inside uh, as well as beat you outside. Um, so that that's where we begin learning how to stay square and that begins from the ground, but then it also goes to our hands. Just think if a defender is rushing my outside shoulder and as he gets here, I try to punch him with my inside hand, no matter what I do, because I'm trying to punch that defender with my inside hand, my hips are going to open and my shoulders are going to open. Yeah. Well, if he is not to the point of no return, which is my hip, which is what we call the point of no return. If he's not to the point of no return, the minute I open to try to get the post hand or my inside hand on him, I'm going to give a good pass rusher the ability to rush underneath me. I'm opening that window before where if I stayed square, he would never perceive that he could go underneath me. So therefore he's never going to take the inside move. So learning how to continue to use my outside hand and learning how to use tools. If he is not and reading his rush, I teach, I teach four reads. Um, which tell me those four reads tell me what he wants to do. Um, so 
when my reads tell me that he is trying to beat my shoulder, then I don't want to get the post hand to him until he gets by my hip. Once he gets by my hip, then I can open slightly and fight to stretch rush, but now get the inside hand involved in the protection. So utilizing independent hands to keep our hips and our shoulders square, the set that we take, keeping our hips and our shoulders square, um, and the movement phases. Uh, you know, I watch, you know, I think you got to be able to move efficiently um, in order to be good pass protectors. And again, I think that starts with leading everything with the ankle. Um, I know there's a lot of people and, and Hey, they're, they're a lot smarter than I am. Um, you know, but, um, you know, that, that are, I really don't believe in pushing off of the post foot, uh, because where I think that right there, when I say that I am going to drive off my post foot and my weight is going to start getting to my outside. I believe in leading everything with the ankle and keeping the weight on the inner half of my inside thigh um, in order for me to start to stay square. So that's kind of where we start. That's where we start drill work and then we build from there. Okay. Um, from a technique standpoint, what is the hardest thing for your kids historically to pick up as you teach these techniques? Is it, is it the, the, the push off the ankle because that's what they've been taught? What is the technique issue that you see most common that you have to fix? The, 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 ease, the hardest one, I think, is them learning and, and the confidence not to be over-aggressive with their hands. Okay. Because, you know, and it takes a lot of confidence in their core strength. They have to be willing to sit down in the lane and take a charge yeah. is what I tell them. You know what I mean? I'm that basketball player and Shaquille O'Neal is running <laughs> straight down the lane. Okay. And I've got to be willing to sit on my hips and take that charge and trust myself that my core strength is going to be strong enough and grab me so that I don't get run into the quarterback. Because the minute, because I see Shaquille O'Neal running right down the middle of the lane to slam dunk it, the minute I start to become aggressive because I'm not confident, I'm going to then start leaning forward. And anytime I lean forward, my butt's going to go back and my legs are going to straighten. And now I am done. I'm weak, number one. And now I can't move without opening. Because if I'm leaning and straightening, the minute he works to a hip, I can't mirror and move my feet. I have to because my legs are straight. I have to open my hip one way or the other, and we're done. So that the 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 fundamental that's the hardest, I think, is teaching the hands. The hardest thing about pass protection to me is the confidence that I can sit on my hips. And I can move and be athletic, but be strong enough when that guy, hey, I see speed rush, I see speed rush, and then all of a sudden, boom, it turns into power. You know, that confidence that I can handle that, and then I can I can either bite, I can walk the bull, I can bite the bull, or I can hop the bull, whatever I need, 
um, whatever I need to stop the bull rush then. But that confidence that I don't have to lean at it and I don't have to violently, sh I mean, I say violently, wrong word. I don't have <laughs> to, I don't have to be big with my hands, with my punch. I think far too many times O-linemen are, are too big with their punch, trying to get more, trying to get extra with their punch. I think that punch and the, that going back to the hardest thing to teach, I think is I can, I've got all I need right there. I don't need any more than that. But when I start trying to get big and I start winding up and I start, then all of a sudden my head's going to start following my hands. So you, confidence is the hardest thing for them to, for them to understand and pass protection. But then that I think the punch phase of it, because they want to be so aggressive with their hands and they feel like they need to be so aggressive with their hands. And I want them to be violent with our hands, but I want it to be small and short. Now I, I got about three more questions before we try to watch a little bit of film and kind of break okay. some down stuff. My, my, my first, and like this is kind of just not in a really specific order, but I thought of two things while you were talking and then I've had one that I've kind of saved. Um, I'll just go this direction first and this kind of a little off the path, but what is from a past? What the kids that are your best you, in your twenty? What is it? Twenty five years now, I think, is what you're at. Um, right. In the twenty five years you've been doing this as an O line coach and some as an offense coordinator, um, what trait or traits uh, do typically your best pass protecting offensive linemen have? I'm, I'm going to tell you. I think it's the ability to do exactly what I was just talking about okay. and on their hips and the confidence to sit on their hips. Um, uh, all that being said, uh, you know, there's a certain level of athleticism where, depending on where you are, depending on who you got to play against, that type of stuff that I think goes without saying. Yeah. We've got to have this amount of athleticism. And then I think my position, um, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference uh, Coach Walsh again. Uh, you know, we talked about two-jet and three-jet protection, but – you know, in his Bible, his football Bible, uh, you know, they talk about, hey, this at left tackle, this is the guy, and these are the traits that we want in our left tackle. This is the guy that we want at center, and these are the traits. So it's a little bit different by position, of course, uh, because the things our tackles have to do in pass protection are different than the things the guards or the centers have to do. But to me, to generalize it, the biggest thing I think is the ability and the confidence to sit on those hips and move. Because if they won't sit on their hips, I don't care how athletic they are, how athletic they are they won't be able to pass protect. Uh, my next question is how much do you work with your defensive line coaching and the defensive line in practice to work your pass pro stuff? We do, we do 10 to 15 minutes a day, uh, either one-on-ones or twist games or some type of combination of both. Um, you know, so every day that we're in pads and then some days when we're in just helmets, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a good high tempo, but a more of a quick whistled one-on-one, um, -on -one. but I, you know, we can work drill work all we want. And I think drill work is vital. 
Um, but that speed and then the competition factor, a guy can be absolutely perfect in drill work. He can be doing exactly what you want him to do. Man, the set looks beautiful. Um, you know, his, his weight is exactly where you want it in, in, in his body demeanor. Uh, all of that is absolutely perfect. Then you put the competition aspect of it, or you also put the I don't want to be embarrassed aspect to it. And then all of a sudden, some of that stuff goes out the window. Um, so I think it is vitally important to do it. But I think I think it's a defensive drill, um, as I think most people would agree with, um, especially O-line guys. But, um, you know, I think I think you need to put parameters around um, what are wins and what are losses in one on one, um, you know, and and um, I always like guys, especially older guys to work on things and try new things during one-on-ones. Um, uh, younger guys, hey, I'm not so interested about the win. The win for me, for you right here is let's get the set right. Then we'll fit, let's get, let's get the set right. Let's not lean. Um, let's not, let's not lunge with our head. Let's be small handed, small handed, but violent with our punch. And if we do that, I don't care if he beats you to the quarterback or to the guy or to the, the, the thing sitting back there. I don't care. And I don't care if everybody on the field oohs and ahs because the defensive lineman did some pretty fancy move and, and uh, <laughs> you know, you didn't block him. We won that drill because we got better because you carried over a fundamental that we've got to get better at to unlock the ability to do other things, we got better at that in a competition in, in a competitive environment. So um, I think it's important to build wins and, and have your guys understand, uh, you know, what we're defining as a win. Yeah. And, and also each guy differently is, is a win and loss. A freshman tackle um, that, that, hey, we're just starting from, scratch because he was in an offense that never passed set his whole high school career <laughs> his wins and losses in that setting are going to be completely different than that senior offensive lineman that that uh uh has been has been part of your program for four or five years well you gave me another question so i lied it wasn't two okay. three how much is because you gave me that because you talked about testing how much is spring ball testing ground for you in terms of either drills or technique um, I think you always go in and look at a couple things. Um, you know, um, I, I also think if you've been pretty good at something, um, you don't, you don't start steering too far away from that. But, but I look back, what I try to do is I try to look back. I learned something from a very good football coach, this, in in this type of, because of COVID, um, we, we got on Zoom and he said, hey, I want you to pick and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring to this meeting one thing that I think that we do unbelievably well and share. And then I'm going to bring one thing that I think that we are absolutely terrible at. And I'm going to share that and then be able to get feedback from guys that I respect and yeah. respect opinion. And I, 
you know, I thought that was freaking awesome. I thought that was unbelievable that, that he had enough confidence in himself to say, Hey, I'm bringing something to the table that we absolutely stink at. I'm not just trying to show you something we're great at. I'm trying to show you something that we stink at. So that being said, you know, I, I try to look and find things that we need to get better at that we were not good at during the season and then talk to as many people as I can. Hey, we're having problems. We're having problems with this. You know, do you have those problems? And if so, um, you know, give me some ideas of, of how you drill it, how you work it, how you fix it. Um, so I'll always look at a couple of things like that that we're, that we're having trouble with. But if it's something that, that we're doing pretty well, we're not going to steer too far, uh, too far away from that. And then from, a, from an offensive standpoint, we'll, take, we'll tweak a few things. Um, um, we'll, uh, we'll, there's something that kind of intrigues us that somebody else is doing or this, that, or the other. We'll study it. And we'll try to play around with it and look at it during spring ball, uh, but still trying to make sure that that we don't um, hurt the development of our football team and our offensive football team uh, just in scratching our own itch, itches, so to speak. Okay, and then, and then my last question before we get to some film stuff, because like I said, I mean, I think me and you could talk in this setting for the next six hours, and yes, <laughs> this, I can. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, because you mentioned before we came on six and seven man protections, how much does your man and slide protect? Oh, what about? I'll phrase it this way: What is your man? How does your man and slide protection change when you go to seven man? It doesn't. So we're it, we're still man slide. Okay. Our in now um, takes takes the dual read off. So in our in our slide in our man slide protection we're going to id the first back or back side of the slide okay and then the back is going to start his count from that okay when we add the seventh guy in he's now going to take the second defender from the id to his protection side so that just takes that off of the back's plate he still has scan responsibilities we just took one guy off of the back's plate, uh, so to speak. So if you think a traditional Sam, Mike, and Will, okay, and, and we're let's say we're sliding to the Will, we ID the Will, the tight end is going to be responsible for the Sam, and now the back is going to be responsible for the Mike to scanning for corners, safeties, um, uh, you know, that, that don't go into that traditional count. Um, so we try to keep it very, very much the same. Um, that way, when we're repping six-man protection, we're also repping seven-man protection, except for um, the tight end. And we do a little, we do some little wrinkles with our tackling tight end because there's some there's some funky looks that can happen, you know, with yeah. Saints coming underneath the five technique, you know, and they're showing outside and then running kind of in effect a twist game at the snap between the Sam and the defensive end. So we switch those. So the tackle and the tight end are on the same page with who we're working to. But, but uh, it's other than that, it's the same protection here. here We're sliding. And I just, so we're sliding to the left. It's a six man protection and we're ID to the first backer in the core. And then our tackle is reading contour to try to determine if there's edge pressure outside of our peak. 
Okay. And then our back, um, you know, is, is, uh, uh, of course, responsible for front side of that. And then we'll scan for the fourth if we would happen to get some type of four-man pressure okay. on the back side, then the back would come across to help us with that, okay? Uh, but I just threw this in here to kind of talk about, and we're in, we're, in, we're in no pads right here, but this set right here, this slide side. Now, we're on the man side here. So, hey, we're winning one-on-one battles over here, okay? Um, and then what I teach on the slide side is if you have a defender in your gap, you set to win the one-on-one battle, however you need to set to win it, unless we start seeing edge pressures and, and defense. The, I think the defense is going to move, or, or so, then we will let's, uh, alter our sets a little bit. But – just base teaching, this guard right here, we're sliding to our left. This guard right here has no immediate B-gap threat. So he is backer to B-gap responsible, okay? But I want him to stay vertical and create some body presence to help and create a double team on the nose without it being a double team. I want to truly be three on two if nobody comes. Yeah. And I don't want to just hard double team the nose and the tackle's on an island by himself. Or I don't want to hard slide to the tackle and the center's on an island by himself. So you can see we call that a board set. And the reason we call that a board set is I take our shoot boards that we were on our drills on and in pre-practice, we set vertically right down those boards and we drag our inside hand and we put our eyes on that back. Because in this slide right here, the center is A-gap responsible, B-gap responsible, and then C-gap responsible, respectively. But if that backer goes to far A right there, we're no longer A-gap and B-gap responsible. So that guard must set with enough depth, and we go eyes to backer first, then drag our eyes to the defensive end. So you can now start to see... He, he gets back or drop, and now he starts to transition his eyes and his body into B-gap to help on the defensive end. So we're trying to create a double team here and a double team here, but I thought this is a good picture of you seeing our eye operation on backer, but we're setting with more depth here so that if that guy, if the defensive end on the snap would slant into B-gap, we've got time to be a hair late with our eyes getting to the defensive end, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because we have to keep our eyes on that backer for that right there. Yeah. And, and so many people will blitz the back, blitz the back in A right here, and now mug man the backer. He's really got him man, okay? But when the back steps up to pick him up in A gap, he is going to mug him. And then if the back picks up, he's just going to add in on the blitz because the back is blocking the front side back. Okay. Really, they're a single dog, but it ends up looking like a, a double dog pressure because this guy is a mug adding guy. Okay. He's mugging man on the back. So anyway, we see because of man, we see a lot of backflow looks because on the snap, that dude's going to work across the formation because he has that back man. Um, so we've got to be ready to bump 
that back. But good picture of what the guard's doing there with his eyes. Now, here it is in a game situation, okay? Um, and we have a backer. This is easy. We did not make a 5-0 call or, or any type of uh, any type of five-down look call right here. You can see our guards setting vertically, setting with depth, and he is eyeing that backer, and his depth is handling initial B-gap. And now you should see once all that cleans, he's going to hold body presence for that center. We created a double team, pretty good snatch technique by our center right here. We felt low hands and heavy lean and it's not late, so we're snatching right there. And now I don't, I don't feel like my center's in a bind, and I now can transition to that tackle. Now, one thing we talk about with our centers and guards, that B-gap is a no-fly zone. That helps our tackles. That defensive end needs to fear that if he takes an inside move, that he's fixing to get his world rock when he enters in there. That is a no-fly zone. We call that a no-fly zone. That is a no-no for that dude to go in there. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I think it's important um, that, that you teach it that way uh, because now that helps us tackle. And this goes back to, Coach, you know, we were talking about point of no return. See our tackle staying square until that defensive end is getting by his hip. Yeah. If, he, if he opened early and tried to get that hand to the punch, his hips are going to fly open too early and the guy can knife underneath him. The other thing kind of to pay attention to, and I know it's a little bit odd, but now, hey, I've got really high numbers right here, Okay. That's a high number read for our guard. And you can see anytime we get a high number read, that hand is a clamp hand right there. Yeah. We call it a clamp hand. Now, if that's low numbers coming at him, he's going to rock him with that inside hand. Okay. He's going to punch him, and you will see a violent punch with the inside hand. But because his numbers are high right here, now this guy wants my hip. He doesn't want my chest. I'll see – I'll see his body demeanor change if he's going to try to run through me right there. Okay. But as long as his chest is high, I want to grab high numbers or clamp and stab high numbers. I do not want to punch high numbers. Okay. So that's what you're seeing with our inside hand right there. Questions? That's a far. You're pretty, you're, I mean, you're hitting it hard as you go. All right, so, hey, we're sliding right right here. Again, the guard's depth, the guard's eyes on backers. And now we got one entering the no-fly zone. We're fixing, we're fixing to go have some fun. <laughs> we, we, that's, that's a no-no. He's to fear that. They – People need to watch our film and say, no, I, I, I'm really not going to do that. Now, I will say I think our over our tackle oversets, yeah. not because of the relation of the defender here, but because of the pace of the defender. Yeah. And I very in-depth, uh, one of the things I've got out, and, and again, I'm not trying to plug, but 
I talk very in depth about how to teach this spot, the the set spot. And, uh, you know, one thing is pre-snap alignment, but then also post-snap, I've got to feel the rush energy of this guy. And that rush energy is not violently up the field to outrun my hip. So I need to settle into my spot a little bit quicker than I originally thought I was going to. We we kicked it one we kicked one too many times right there, not because of his alignment, because of his pace. If that makes sense, it does. Now I, I have a question as I watch this. How much do you work? Because I'm also watching the man side. How much do you yes. work twist game on the man side as well? Because it, it looks every, like, from every, my perspective, they picked that up pretty dang good. Every every day. Okay. That's that's when this set can get a little bit different. So we call it, you know, we kind of call it the Warren Sapp. Fun thought this Warren Sapp when he was playing with the Bucks, you know, that dude lined up in a four technique. He did a four eye. Yeah. So this tackle is going to determine his set, especially on the man side, not only by the alignment of that defender, but the alignment of that defender. And that is a dead twist alignment. So we're going to set a little bit more vertical right here. And you should see us dragging our inside hand. His hand is his third eye. So I drag my inside hand. I'm not looking at my hand. I've got to be looking at the defensive end. Okay. But I'm feeling for pressure on this hand. And if I feel pressure, I want to rip. And I I picked this up, I think from a cool clinic and I can't even remember, but I'm trying to rip the sink off the wall. I'm trying to pull that guy across my face if I feel pressure and, and the guard is in shuck phase. And if I feel width, I, and he never had to. Okay. Yeah. But if this defender is in the gap and, and widening more than he is, then we would shuck that. And a big fundamental on the shuck is do not let your pin inside foot come out of the ground. When you shuck it, we do a great job here because we, we never lose square. Yeah. Our, our part is pretty square right here. And that inside foot is never losing the ground, losing ground, coming out of the ground. It's never in the air. So we can transition pretty easy on this twist right here. But going back to answering your question, every day. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a perfect explanation. Yeah, every day. All right, so now the slide side, I think, is left, but I, I wanted to talk about this right here because this this is always the, the talking point. Some offensive coordinators are going to say, hey, take this guy right here. That way I can get the back out more often. Yeah. Okay? I actually come from that belief that philosophy um in six man protection if we can get the tailback out that helps the passing game yeah so we try to take this backer as much as we can knowing that this tackle may override that based on what he's seeing contour wise uh from the field so is that, is that a call they make pre-snap then, or is it just an awareness thing? It, it, it's, a snap, it's a call that they can make all the way up to the point that the ball is snapped. Okay. 
center, the center is going to identify and then tackle can override that identification based on what he is seeing out here. Okay. So, but just, just in this look right here, we have a very low probability of pressure for a couple of, a couple of reasons. One is the, this dude's alignment. Yeah. Uh, two, where this safety is. He's probably not going to be a post safety from that far off the hash. So this contour right here, uh, you know, I'm not super, super concerned for the most part. Now, game plan wise, there may be a special game plan thing that we would be concerned with, but uh, right there, we would not have to be thinking this guy. Now, depending on his alignment, there'll be times that we give him up. It depends on the, the, the pressure package from the opponent that we're working against. Um, sometimes we will take him in the slide. Sometimes we will not. The more, the further he is behind the slide, the harder he is to deal with them. So the more times that we can keep the slide with our eyes working in that direction, to me, the better. Because this guy's alignment almost would make it a man protection. And now we would start getting into what the old four down and Mike stuff was. Okay. But I put that one in there to kind of for us to talk about. Now, here's a 70 protection. Okay. A seven man protection. And it's going to be man slide, okay? All right, we're identified to 38 right here, okay? So all the fundamentals that we've been teaching, all of that stays the, exactly the same. You can see, hey, we're, 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 we're creating two double teams here in effect, um, and we know where our help is, okay? On the man side, now you can see we know that, hey, we, get, we may be getting a little love from our tight end right here, so our set has changed a little bit by the play side tackle. And then these two are responsible for corner to safety in this look right here. Okay. And then the back would be responsible because we call it into the boundary. Technically he's responsible for the will in this case. Do a lot of like I mean obviously watching this in your six and seven protections for your tight ends and your um, backs, it, it do a lot of them have the option to go out as much as possible if they don't get the pressure that they're expecting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. We we have very few times that 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 guy is held in that isn't play action protection. Now, in some of our play actions, it's going to be a hard place, uh, you know, a hard seven or eight man protection, but a hard run action. So he is not going to release. Um, you know, we're going to keep eight man in protection and we're trying to, whether it's run deep mesh or whether we're running some type of deep scissors or something of that nature, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep those guys in, but in our base drop back stuff, um, they're gonna they're gonna check they're gonna check depending on what we're doing. They may chip, and then uh, they're they're getting out and and become check down guys. Here it is again, just again a seven man 
with a slide I showed you. And I've got some odd front stuff that we can look at too. I just kind of went four down. I went four, two, four, one, and now I'm giving you some seven man protection stuff. Um, and then we'll transition. But again, you can see hey, a twist game in here, but we should be expecting this. Watch his eyes. Yeah. He is snapping his eyes, finding it right now because I'm not getting rush energy on my hands right there. That's the other thing with the punch. I'm not getting rush energy. We don't want to punch that. That's high numbers. We don't want to punch that because I'm going to lean. And if it's twist, I've got a pick coming to my hip from one direction or the other. So I definitely don't want to lean. And the confidence to sit on my hips, the confidence to sit on my hips like we talked about. Now, my man, my man right here, he was a, he, he was here, but that sucker is as big and as strong. Uh, we called him the ocean liner. He's a big ocean liner in there. He didn't get moved around a whole lot. Um, so, and then, hey, there's that. We're, we're going to go get it. We're just always reminding guys they may want to just keep their butt out there. They, they don't want to come back. <laughs> I, lo you know, I love I, the mentality I, of that, Coach. I truly do. I, that. I, and the center does the same thing. I, I just believe that helps the tackle. Yeah. That helps those tackles tremendously. Again, seven-man protection. Now, got this one in here because now we've been showing the guard in the slide. Now, here's the center in the slide. There's his third eye. Yeah. See his backside hand? He's feeling, do I need to help here? I'm staying vertical. We're setting that board. Remember, pre-practice, we're, we're working these on the board. They're going to kick. I call them short boards and long boards. It depends on the alignment of that back or which one we use. The tighter he is to us, the longer we're going to stay vertical. The wider he is, the more I'm on a short board. If I feel that I need to stay here and help here, then I'm going to sit in there and help there. If I feel that I'm not getting pressure on my hand right here, then I'm going to cut loose. And now I'm going to, there's a no fly zone in here. Now that three tech needs to be worried about coming inside right there. But I thought this is a really good picture with the backside hand. You can see him setting a little bit more vertical right here because he's in great position. If that backer does that, we can switch that just like a twist. Yeah. The other thing I know is like looking at that, that how your guards and your center like all are almost all in a unison, like yeah. just a, I mean, and they're all on their hips. I mean, you, you know, there's not a whole lot of leaning forward. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, I, I always say this too: my hips can be right here, and my hips can be right here, and we're 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 even. But if I'm leaning forward and I'm not, there is, there is separation created in there. Yeah. So we want to stay on our hips and stay on the same plane so that now, and stay square so that now we can switch everything. To me, this is beautiful because they're square, they're on the same plane, and now no matter what we get, we've got our hands and our eyes where they're supposed to be, and we can switch stuff how we need to switch stuff. Now, I wish it was all pretty, but we get back, 
great job and I mean knock us out of there and then all of a sudden I'm not on the same plane you know what I'm saying that I got plenty of bad examples as well um but no but that, that, that again that's that's one of the first things I noticed as you started that clip is just how clean's probably a bad word but that's what I'm just going to use anyway it's just, no just, I, I no I I appreciate that and hey here's that catch hand again right yeah see the right see the right guard I get high numbers right there he don't he's not running through me so there's the stab and there's the clamp and there you go yep beautiful hey here's the here's the slide I'm I'm being helped for my center right there because he needs it and now hey there's the no fly zone don't go in there you're gonna get a face full of something All right, let me, and I know we're probably going to run out of time. So oh, no, no, Coach, me, you can go as long as you want. I'm not stopping you. I, I, well, you, I got I got over 35 clips in this cutoff. <laughs> I love this. That's kind of that's kind of the that's kind of the. Uh, I want to jump to some odd stuff. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah. No, that. Oh, that may have been just because I know. <laughs> I know so many guys see odd stuff, so I didn't want to just talk even. So now. When we go odd, we're in a four-man slide. And what that does is that now unlocks this guard. Okay. Um, when we're in a technically a three-man slide, if if the defensive end crosses the guard's face, he must go with it. He yeah. must be a man. It's just like if that backer goes back door, if that defensive end goes back door, he's got to go with it. Because in a in a three man slide, I am not guaranteed my center. Okay, let me let let me draw that. Okay. Because I should have I should have. But if we're yeah, but while you draw that, like that's that's probably becoming one of the more common things we see at least in Ohio at the high school level is odd fronts. Odd fronts is kind of the trend right now, um, for high school coaches in general. For my from what I'm seeing year from year. Yep. So, all right, if it is four down, a four down even front, we call this guy mama for this guard. And our call tells us, the center is telling us it's four down. So anytime it's four down, that guy, not the guy, not this guy. Yeah. This guy, the left guard, has what we call mama rules. Okay. And I've always, when mama comes around, I don't care where she comes, whether she's coming in B gap or whether she's going all the way down into A gap right there. Anytime mama comes anywhere around me, I want to hug mama. <laughs> so I am B gap responsible, but if mama goes to A gap right there, I'm going to go with her because I love her and I want to hug her. Okay, and we know that because our center said this is a four down slide. Because if that guy's going all the way to A gap, then that means that nose has gone to far A, which means the center has had to chase it because he is the last man in the slide. Because I can't be guaranteed my guard because my guard's setting a three technique right there. Okay. So our tackle would, we would probably be getting some type of blitz like that. Our tackle would be out to the widest, and this is where our back would be coming back okay. across. Okay. Yeah. 
right? So that's mama rules. Anytime in a four down front, anytime mama crosses my face, I've got to go hug mama up. If my backer goes back door, I got to go with my backer. So anything that crosses my face in a four down slide, I've got to go hug it up. I got to go with it. It now became a man protection, not a gap protection. Okay. So that's why the eye teaching is so vitally important. Now, when we go odd, okay, I am guaranteed my center to my guard because I know that my guard is coming to the nose. So I am guaranteed that. So therefore now this is the defensive end. Our guard can let that ride to the center because he knows. So now it takes two to cross his face for him to have to go back in a three down or odd slide. And we make, we make that call. And I, I'm going to show that to you here in just a minute. Um, actually we're picking up a corner. It, it happened late. They're doing a pretty good job disguising it with their safety, but you can see he, he saw it late and, and, uh, they, I'm going to show you. Pressed, and they are doing a great job, very well coached, disguising this because of his width, him being pressed and not looking inside at the ball. Yeah. So, my tackle, I'm, he's got he's got his eyes out there for, it, but it's not clean, clean, because they did a great job disguising it. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. That is very well coached, but it's good reaction by the tackle too, late coming off. and Yes. So, but we're in a four-man slide here, and I'm just showing you now this guard does not have to chase that, which he would if we were in a three-down, a three-man slide versus a four-down front, if that makes sense. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about that clip, Coach, is yeah. your, your man tackle – I thought did a just and this is my I mean I could be wrong did a really good job job at being patient with his um, defender there on that yep. um, just in general with not in terms of his hands and not pressing on it Ugh, great he? and and a great point I think Nicholas because anytime we're setting to a four technique and we see so many of them. We don't want to overset that guy. Yeah. Because I'm going to get three things from him. I'm either going to get big movement into that gap because there's edge pressure coming from here, or I'm going to get big movement here because there's pressure coming from the opposite direction, however that's working. Or if they're drop eight, when they see pass sets, if they're drop eight, then this guy is taught become a contained rusher. Yeah. So we don't want to overset that inside right there. And and I agree. He also knows he's getting a little love from that tight end on the chip right there. Yeah. So that also allowed him to be a little bit more patient as well. Another great example, watch the guard here. Okay, we're in a we're in a a true four-man slide because it's odd. So this guard does not, that is not mama for this guard. He lets it ride. And now I'm going to get depth and I'm looking at B gap right there. 
our see our tackles not flying out the mm -hmm. blitzer. We're staying within ourselves. Again, going back to that, hey, we want to build a solid, square, same level um, wall that we possibly can because now it's easier to switch things. I love this right here. Look at the core strength to stop that rush, to stop the bull, and the and the confidence to be able to do so. Here it is again. We're getting it from the boundary, but they don't they don't bring the second guy. So now my guard goes back to rules, just like we did. Because we don't get the extra guy, I'm going to hold presence for my center. And now I'm going to become a no-fly zone guy for my tackle. Again, great point by you, not, not overworking or oversetting that, being patient and being calm. There is a lot of work in this set, in my opinion. You can see we're losing a little bit of ground with our post foot, which yeah. is going to make a lot of people cringe. But I think there are times that you do that. And I think when you're post-setting a head-up nose, that is one of those times. That way you and your center can work your feet out. You're not stepping all over each other. But then we fight to get our hips back square immediately. We call that a negative hip set. This is kind of our, our probably 1A and 1B play action. Okay. We, this, is, this is off of our insert zone. Um, we, we really, really like this play action. Um, now this guy is one heck of a pass rusher. This guy is one heck of a pass rusher. Buffalo, uh, they, they, they have done a fantastic job, uh, both in recruiting and development. Um, they, they are really, really good. Uh, this was two years ago. We did not play them this year. Um, uh, but we're gonna, you're gonna see, we're trying to sell run, but we're going to be a little bit more tentative because of who these dudes are pass rush wise. <laughs> but we are faking inside zone right and insert zone by our tight end. And we find that when our tight end does this, when we run this play, we're high hatted on the backside. So this looks just like we're running insert zone to that nickel, yeah. to this right here. And we find that that gets a lot of suck by out of these backers, just like if you were pulling a guard and, and running, in effect, um, you know, power read play action or whatever, whatever you want to call it, where you really ride the back coming across and pull the guard. We think pulling the guard creates a lot of, a lot of suck uh, in the defense, and we think inserting the tight end creates a lot of suck. So we use this quite a bit, or we will go full zone this direction and now bring our tight end across yeah. because anytime you flash the tight end, you're going to get reactions from the backers just like you do uh, with pullers. Yeah. So I've got just a couple clips of, of this, but it's off of insert. Now here it is versus odd. Same protection, but if it's versus odd, we lock the backside tackle on the four eye, and now the tight end inserts to that backer wherever he is. If he is outside, it's not going to look as insertish. If this if this might were in more of a B gap alignment right here, 
then you would see the tight end look more like he did versus Buffalo. But we're going to hard double to this backer, and then we're going to we're going to be out out over here. But we see so much twist game out of that look. We're gonna we're gonna pop our feet a little bit right here and make sure that it's not twist. And we're gonna let the action and the tight end be the be the hard play action part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we just call that a baby scooch right there, what this backside tackle's doing. He's just baby scooching, and we're trying to sell him that we're working to cut him off in his zone but we're also not putting ourselves in a bad bind because he is locked up man-to-man right there. He doesn't yeah. have any back hip help per se from that tight end. So he can't, just like you talked about a minute ago on the protection, we can't overcook that in here, and now we get we get that and we're in a bind. Again, you can see the the suck created it. And here it is. Here it is again. This this is from this past season. Um, and I think I think you'll see a little bit more. And I try I try to work. It's hard. It's hard. But putting putting no fear in these tackles and allowing them to be aggressive on the jump sets and to have run energy. And then we teach a clamp hand on our jump set. So that inside hand, we're overselling a little bit. We don't want to be that big with it, but he is clamping. So that way he doesn't give up the inside on the jump set. Now, because of the front, we're doubling to here, and the tight end is inserting to that backer right there. So it doesn't look like hard, hard insert by the tight end. But I, I would say that's that's been over my time here probably uh, one of our one of our better play action protections. Now here here is us bringing him across the formation, and I think again this creates a lot of action in the defense when you flash that tight end. I mean they're 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 buzzing the field safety. He's becoming the run fitter right there. They're rolling him to the post. So we've got hard action, a lot of suck out of the defense right there. And I, th I think we're getting good action out of our O-linemen. Um, we could be better. I can always be better and be more aggressive. That's something every spring that I really, really, hey, it's spring ball. We, we you know, hey, it, it, there's nobody keeping score right now. So push your limits. How hard can you sell play action? How hard can you punch without getting long arm, without becoming, without your head following your hands? Those are the times in the spring to me to really kind of push those limits and see how far you can push them. How much time does your tight end slash ace backs, whatever you want to call them, spend with you and spend with the running backs and relative comparison on working on stuff? They spend, um, and, <laughs> You know, I we throw a lot on our tight ends, um, and and Coach Metz, who actually speaking at the at the um, the uh, Ohio Clinic, um, our tight end coach, and our uh, handles our kickoff return as well, does a fantastic job. But he uh, 
he he does a fantastic job with them and we've got some really smart dudes in that room so we asked them mentally to do an awful lot um uh, i would say besides the quarterback position that that position in our offense is uh, uh very very difficult um because of the amount that we throw on them i know that doesn't answer your question <laughs> but I, I i say that to answer your question this way uh they are pulled and stretched so many different ways um, that we probably get 10 minutes during a normal week. We probably get 10 minutes of individual together between the O-line and the tight ends. Now, I will get them pre-practice when, when Coach Metz is working some, uh, some, some special team stuff. I'll take the tight ends, and if there's something special that we really need to work on because yeah. we need to get better at, or if there's something that, that, that is – you know, different for that game plan that we really need to focus on. We'll focus on that during pre-practice because once we go those 10 minutes of drill time, they are working fundamentals of combinations with the, with the tackles and that type of stuff. Um, so probably 10 minutes a week with, with the O-line, um, you know, and then the rest of the time they're spending with either receivers, the running backs or the quarterbacks, okay. you know, those guys, uh, Coach Metz probably gets the least amount of individual just because they're spread so thin because we ask them to do so many things uh, from a receiver standpoint in the passing game, from a blocking standpoint in the run game, from a blocking standpoint in protection. Uh, they're both fullbacks, tight ends, as well as receivers. Um, and we're very fortunate. And to be honest with you, uh, the the – both the Lormans are identical twins. They played at Athens High School, um, and 44 and 88, they're, they're twin brothers. They are coming back for their sixth year, and we are, we are super, super excited. And then we got a couple of young tight ends that we feel really good about good. that are, are coming along and developing too. So that, that, that's a long-winded answer to you, but <laughs> not, not very much because they're spread so far. Okay. But, here, hey, this is divide zone. And, and you know, probably um, our number one run play, um, that, or, that or zone read, um, you know, is probably the, the number one run play, us bringing it tight in across. Um, and you can see how much, how much action we get out of the secondary oh, yeah. as well as the backers. Well, you have to, Coach, because you got to respect it or else you're up some other serious problems. This is the one I absolutely love coaching. Um, and I think it is it's, – it's a pain in the butt to coach, and it's a little bit hairy and a little bit scary. Uh, but the things that it does to defenses just because of the action, and like I said, we're always going to have an option component in what we're doing. So we're selling down-the-line option and we're in a six-man protection, this tight end is about to release a cross. So he, he technically is <laughs> not in protection. Um, but the things that it does in, in, in getting defenses sucked, um, you know, is, is that, crazy. That poor linebacker with the tight What's end. That? that poor linebacker with that tight end. I know. That's just abusive. That's beautiful. So, you know, and, and, and we have to cheat a gap up front. 
and we have it where this tight end blocks on the front side. We have it where we have tight end blocking on the back side, and then we have it where both, you know, if we're in a two tight end set where we're hard option play action, and it's a and it's a true eight man protection. Uh, so we have a six man, a seven man, and an eight man off of uh, option play action. But the 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 action that we get out of this is just phenomenal and you can see we're having to cheat a gap our center right here is the cheater and you can see we're trying to cheat backside he's checking a and hinging back to b or we call it a waterfall he is waterfalling back to b he is checking b and i mean he is waterfalling back to c and it's hairy back there sometimes <laughs> i get i get nervous every now and then back there but usually what you end up getting is you get end up getting one or two guys that are actually rushing the passer. The rest of them end up running flat down the line of scrimmage trying to chase the option. Okay. Good ball, too. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the uh, – this is the freshman uh, from Canada who is actually Nathan Rourke's brother, okay. uh, Curtis. And we, we're, we're really blessed. We've, we feel like we've got four – really good quarterbacks um curtis armani rogers who transferred to us from uh transferred to us from unlv and then um, um cj harris from uh detroit and then we have a young man from arizona that's here that we feel really good about good coach i'm glad to hear that as an alumni i'm very happy <laughs> that's just up to coach isferding who uh uh, to get them to get them going now yeah, no yeah, pressure yeah no pressure he does an <laughs> unbelievable job now all right so this is the eight-man protection we've got a front side tight end and we're at we're bringing the backside tight end across um just to again that action right there look what it does to this safety yeah Jesus. so now you're throwing the post ball And it's, again, it's a little bit hairy. Great job by the backside guard. I mean, the backside tackle protecting his guard because the guard is protecting his center to give him time to get into the waterfall, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of teaching in there, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hairiness in there. Um, and, and uh, but our guy, you know what? Our guys believe in it. They see uh, it, what it does to defenses and, I think, you know, they look forward to it being called um, yeah. and they, they like that it's called this. I had skipped ahead, but that's kind of yeah. the. Uh, when when you have questions or um, need answers or there's just a lot of ways I could word this, but I'm just going to word it this way. Um, who do you go to for help? Like, because everybody's got some, one or two people that they're, that is there like their guy for questions and answers and insight. Like I, when I talked to Don Brown last week, his is Bob Sutton, but he goes to Bob right. Sutton. Anytime he's got questions, he goes to Bob. Bob is his, his bad Star Wars analogy, his Yoda. Um, right. But so who is who are your one or two guys when you need to learn something or you have questions, who do you go to? Um, I go to a lot of different people. I, I don't know that I per se have one. Okay. 
I, I go to a lot of different people and, uh, I, well, no, that, that would be the, probably the, the number one guy, no doubt that that's, that's a, a very incorrect answer. Uh, because I was thinking O-line wise, uh, but, but one of the smartest football coaches I've ever been around is, is, is the guy that, that I work with in Canada, Tommy Condell. And he and I have been together for years and, I can ask him anything and fully know that um, I can trust him uh, that, that no matter what we talk about, that, that it's not going to go any further than that. So no matter how deep I need to get, whether that's, uh, you know, and he's, he's actually uh, really, really smart O-line guy, but he has a neat, uh, he's, he's super intelligent and he has a neat way of, of, of processing things. So even if it's O-line stuff, I will actually reach out to him. Uh, but he and I constantly bounce stuff back and forth. Um, you know, I've made a couple connections with some NFL guys that, that I'll always reach out to. Um, if, if, um, you know, if I have questions on something and then, you know, I've just got a bunch of guys, I, you know, Gabe Fertitta, who uh, is the head coach at Catholic High in Baton Rouge? Um, I actually coached him at Mississippi College, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll text or pick up the phone and ask Gay. I mean, there's just uh, there's um, you know, there's a guy, um, just there's guys all over. Uh, you know, Tommy Condell, I guess would I would say would be that guy. I think Tim Alvin has kind of become. Uh, kind of that, that, uh, how'd you say it? Yoda or whatever, yeah, Yoda. <laughs> uh, you know, and then I think I've got a handful of guys that, are, you know, that, that I'll, and I always worry that I'm bugging people. I always worry that, you know, Hey, they don't have time for Rudolph. Um, I'm bugging them or whatever. So I try to kind of spread it around a little bit so I don't keep bothering <laughs> over and over again. And, and then my, my last question before we go is, um, what what advice because you've been an offensive coordinator before, um, you've yes. had experience there. What what advice do you give to young offensive coordinators or people who are new at coordinating offense? What what would your advice be to them? I think the first thing is is don't chase every good football player. There's 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 I mean an unimaginable number of really good football players. Find out who you are and and be married to that and get good at that. And then um, use, allow your, your innovativeness to come out in, um, I don't want to say trick plays, but, um, you know, may, maybe I'm doing something innovative and I'm putting it in that week, but it, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to make that a base thing that we're doing. That's a more of a. Spe, you allow your innovativeness to come out in specialized things, rather than we're going to try to do nine million things and I'm going to impress everybody that, uh, known to man and how much we do and this that and the other. Get married to something and be good at it, and then allow uh, because you don't want to stifle you know, being innovative. I think that's an important part of the game, but, but don't let that affect being good at something, if that makes sense. 
And a lot of times we look at it as, hey, this is a, I don't want to say an exotic or a trick play because they may not be quote unquote trick plays. It may be just a different way this week that we're going to get the tight end. We're going to try to free up the tight end. Um, you know, you have those little wrinkles, uh, but they aren't who you are. Um, I would say would be the most important thing. And then the other thing is try to surround yourself as much as you can uh, with people that you trust and that you're loyal to. Um, and, and that know we're going to be speaking the same verbiage, uh, saying it the same way um, that, that you are carrying that same message to the O-line group or to the running back group or to the receiver group, um, that they're going to be your Paul Revere's for the message <laughs> Uh, that that you're that you're trying to get across to your offense or if you're a head coach to your football team well coach i i can honestly say this was a fantastic time um i appreciate you coming on and talking um i do want to say real quick coaches if you want to get a hold of coach or try to see what more of what coach is doing uh his twitter link is below as i said his coach tube links below he's got some good stuff there uh please just Take, check out Coach. Check out what he's doing. Um, as always, go Bobcats. Go, Coach. And, Coach, DM me. Yeah. DM me. Reach out to me through Twitter. I, lo I love that, and I learned so much from it. Hey, and I know you asked me who I ask. I'll be asking I'll be asking some of you how y'all handle it. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate that. Truly, I do. Um, and, Coaches, that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.